This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porn cast that is upset when there is no incest in a Game of Thrones parody, not because we're into that, but because we want consistency in our porn. I'm your co-host, Yvette Autremont. Here is my lovely co-host, Alice. Alice, how the fuck are you doing, baby cakes? <laughs> You know, I tried watching Game of Thrones, and if anything, the only thing I've learned at this point is if you're not trying to kill someone, you're trying to fuck them. Yeah, like, I was going on my Game of Thrones binge, like, about a year ago, uh, mm. and it was, like, it was because it was the final season. Uh, and I had always said, when the last season of the show comes out, that's when I'll watch it, because I don't want to, like, get attached to characters, because everyone fucking dies. Mm, that's yeah. the whole thing. Everyone dies. Well, just or- like life. Oh, hey. <laughs> so much like life. If you ask libertarians right now during this uh, pandemic, it's okay. Just, just we're just we're just speeding up the process. It's fine. It's fine. It's only the people on their way out, right? Ah! Anyways, but yeah, like I decided I wanted to watch it all in two weeks because I didn't want to get attached to anyone, and I was sh- like, they weren't kidding. Like it's just banging your sister or your aunt or getting killed by your sister or your. Aunt. It's just a lot of banging and killing. That are really bad rap. But hey, we should introduce our guests because we've been uh, we've recorded our Patreon content before the hit this, and we're having a fantastic fucking time with our guests. Okay, so I'm really excited because we have Kevin Allison from the Risk Podcast here on the show today. Kevin, how are you doing? Today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So wait, before we started recording, you were te- and actually even before Yvette came on, you started telling me a little bit about an improv group you did and a famous skit and. Something relating to sex? Yes. Back in the 90s, when I graduated from college, I was in a comedy group called The State. And The State got ourselves a show on MTV. So we were a sketch comedy group. We uh, we did about 30 episodes of a show on MTV. You know a lot of these folks now because they're on like Reno 911 or Uh. Wet Hot American Summer. But one of our classic sketches was called Porcupine Racetrack. It was a big musical number. And the group decided to reproduce it, you know, from our homes in quarantine. And I knew, I was like, look, every member of that group is now a multimillionaire, except for me. So I'm like, oh my God, they're all going to be showing off their Hollywood Hills homes and stuff. But what do I do? And I thought, well... I do have some funny shit around the apartment, which is all my kink gear. So why don't I just sing my part in like a leather jog strap with a harness and a whip? Oh, baby. It really kind of stole the show. It was so, it was in Rolling Stone. That's amazing. Nice. It was either you could have gone the kink route or you could have green screened or just put a cardboard box behind you. (laughs) And that could have been your home. Here's yeah, my crib. Yeah. This is where I make my love at. It's so funny. Like back in, in when we were 23, when we made the show, we would sometimes do sketches about kinky people. And this was before I realized, oh, I am one of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so now I'm like, oh, now I have that clothing. <laughs> I remember being a few years pre-kink and thinking that handcuffs were risky. Ooh. Right, right. But yeah, it is really nice to watch the evolution of those kinds of things. Like, for example, water sports among gay men, like, I don't know, maybe five or ten years ago was really wild and crazy, and now it's not, you know? I did not know that amongst oh. the gay male community. Th- oh, thank you yeah. for the Thank you for the inside info. Yeah. Wait, what kind of water sports? Oh, well, I t- on so we're 
exactly does the pee go? In the mouth, in the mouth, and all over you. We're talking drink and pee. Oh dear, that's okay. I have to ask: like, does pee taste like? Is is it an analogous to anything else that someone would have consumed? It has. Like, here's the thing: if a person is taking a lot of vitamins or weird medicine, it could end up tasting like a rancid battery. I, uh, so, I t- have you tasted a rancid battery? <laughs> Like, I guess that's what I want to know is, like, has someone tasted a thing that, like, like what could it be compared to? Or does it just taste, like, is it the humiliation part? You're not into rancid battery play? Well, not yet, but the day is young. Like, you know, it's, I'm, look, it's lockdown. I'm hunting for weird joy. I, I might end up getting into water sports. I haven't ruled out anything yet. Nothing. If not, just look for a rancid battery in the house. No. Uh, So Risk My Podcast is where people tell true stories that could not be played elsewhere, that couldn't be run on public radio. Like for this week, we have our second cannibalism story. What? (laughs) Okay, I I instant subscribe. I don't know how I wasn't listening before. Um, I have told a story on the show before about when I went to a kink camp. I've, I've been to kink camps many times, and you usually get a good story out of it. But there was one year where... A couple of guys ambushed me and handcuffed me and threw me down on a grassy knoll and invited about eight other guys to come over and piss down my throat. And the story ends up being kind of about consent, how consent can change from one moment to another. For example, if someone's pee tastes great, that's great. But if someone's pee tastes like a rancid battery, it might be time to say no. <laughs> oh my god. Like, like, so there's so there's quote great tasting pee. There is. There's very refreshing pee. Listen, it has everything to do with who it's coming. Like I'm a very I've simple. never heard that adjective. Refreshing. Pee. Refreshing pee. I mean, you you can if you are now I know this only because I I used to be an ultra runner and I've read a ton of books from other ultra runners. Like you can, if you are in a tight fucking situation, drink your own pee to survive. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. And so I mean, I it's I never was in a situation where I needed to or considered drinking my own, but I was aware that it was perfectly, you know, safe in a uh, but I'm like, wow, like there's quote, great taste. I'm just amazed by this. And I love that this is a thing. Well, the thing of it is, is that for a lot of paraphilia kind of stuff, like pee, you know, which shouldn't be erotic in and of itself, it's about who it comes from. You know, it's like, oh, you're so beautiful. I drink your piss, you know, that kind of thing. It's it's this kind of the submission and kind of the take it bitch aspect of it. Yes. Yes. A worship. For me, it's like a worshipy thing. Oh, I I like that. that. Interesting. See, for me, the marketer in me goes straight to, all right, how can we get this to the market? Can we mass market this product? Can we make a Capri Sun out of pee? Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Like, uh, if Sierra There are Lynch- some people who'd be able to sell it. I'm oh, sure. yeah. Sierra Lynch told a story on Risk about she got $4,000 for one bowel movement that she sent in a Tupperware bowl through the mail to a guy. $4,000. Okay, guys, if you are interested in either mine or a vet's bowel movement and are willing to we'll pay $4,000, seriously, info, yes, twogirlsonmike.com. This works. I will send you my period panties. I'll help you guys get the word out. 
if you're into that, if you're that fucking weird, if it'll help you masturbate, if it'll help me pay my fucking credit card debt, I'll send you my period panties. Oh my God, what am I saying? I should be doing this myself. Let's, we, we could all three of us start a business. Oh yeah, let's start, right? like, we could call it upcycling. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty upcycling. Oh my God. What got us on to all of that? We were uh, talking about Game of Thrones. <laughs> You know, the, how is this not about Game of Thrones? How is it not? <laughs> Shockingly, Game of Thrones did not have piss play. It didn't. Disappointment what were of they the thinking? ages. Yeah. yeah. And I had some disappointments with Game of Thrones too. So we at audience, we did not discuss our our feelings on this porno like at all before recording. And I had some amusements and some la disappoints. Oh, you mean with this particular por- Storm of Kings? Storm of Kings. I felt like if it, with it being called Storm of Kings, there should have been a gangbang with many, many men and one women, one woman at some point. And that never happened. And I was very sad. There should have been like a Dick NATO, I thought. Yes. You know, like like dicks and cum flying through the air in a tornado. Storm of Kings. There actually is a Hornado porn parody, oh. which is a porn parody of Sharknado. Oh, okay. Please tell me that there's somebody playing the sh- like a shark costume and their sex. Oh my God, that would be fantastic. I don't know, but I need to watch it. If not, then Axel Braun, we have an idea. So do these porn parodies sell well? Because like they don't nail the parody thing very well. Like they're not funny. Well, no, 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 no. Don't brush all of them with the same. Okay. Uh, so okay. we've seen some. Now, the ones Sir. that come out, we are, we are connoisseurs, my friend. <laughs> oh, so you. the ones from Wood Rocket tend to be really good. Like the way you get a good parody is you take like, you know, things that the fans really attach on to, like something that's a thread that goes through it. Like you take uh, if the show or the movie has like a MacGuffin, you take it and turn it into a penis or a thing that's about right. sex. Like in the Avengers, you take the glowy thing and turn it into a glowy dildo right. instead, you know, and like you, you make it into like Pee Wee's Big Triple adventure watch that go oh, go watch that it that does sound fun first five minutes recreation scene by scene of the entire beginning of peewee's big adventure are you kidding wow that's great you can skip all the sex scenes and it's just as, now the ones where and we we always tend to tell people watch stuff with tommy pistol because he stays in character during the sex ah it's so good <laughs> um we reviewed um Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Balls, I think. Harry Potter. Potter. Excuse me. Harry Potter. And of course, the time-honored character, Fag Hagrid, um, (laughs) that our characters loved. She was a drag queen, the fairy drag mother. Oh, well, Um, that's fabulous. So if you would like, that is, we need to review more gay porn for the show. Well, yes, you do. I mean, like, to me, watching Storm of Kings was especially fascinating because I, I almost never see straight porn since I was like nine years old. So it was fascinating to like, dip my toe into this world again, you know? Yeah. I mean, Kevin, I'll be honest. I didn't know you were gay. So had I known oh. that, we, I did not know either. So you know what? Like, thank thank you for taking that hit for us of watching a straight porn. Because had I known. Well, you also didn't know I've drunk eight guys piss in one setting, you know? <laughs> I'm just thrilled that we're talking about piss drinking. Because you know what? Clearly, that is the thing that people are not discussing enough in mainstream media is piss drinking. <laughs> 
I'm just saying this is this is the deep state conspiracy is the lack of piss drinking discussions. I want Chris Hayes to do a special on this. We had a story on Risk once about scat play, too. And it was a very, very romantic story. What? You wouldn't believe romantic it. Romantic yeah. scat play. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was another one of those stories that was all about, well, it was a gay story, a, a kind of a daddy-boy relationship again. And it was all about the two of them trying one thing and then trying another and how their relationship kept evolving as they kept going through various rituals of consent and negotiation. And it ends with shit eating. And people wrote, a a woman wrote into me. She's like, I am a mother of four children and a Christian in Ohio. There's not a kinky bone in my body. I cannot believe you had me crying tears of love over a story that ended with shit eating. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. I'm sure a lot of our listeners know these terms, but I think it's a thing that we should discuss because we really haven't gone into it much. Can we talk a little bit more about the terms consent and specifically that with regards to negotiation? Because I think people haven't really heard that a lot outside of kink circles. Uh, Do you want to break down a bit about negotiation? Yeah, negotiation, it's really, really important to have a conversation. Like, it's important even if you're just texting someone when you first, when like if you meet someone over whatever it is, Tinder, or a kink site or something like that to first start getting a feel for what a person's hard limits might be. You know, like a good idea is to kind of start feeling out what are a few things you really would like to do? What are a few things that you are kind of curious about or maybe indifferent, you're not sure? And what are a few things that you're like, Okay, I've heard about people venturing into that territory, but I really want us to avoid that, you know? Yeah, it's like, where are your hard limits? Where are your interests? Where are your, I'm curious, we have to do it carefully. Yeah, like for example, I, this was several months ago, I met a fella on Grindr, which is the worst. I mean, Grindr is the Grand Central Station of gay apps. So like, there's a lot of people there who are just like completely uneducated about things. And I got together with a guy and I was trying to do this. I was trying to feel all this stuff out. And he was really curt with me. No, I don't want to talk about that stuff. And I should have just like given it up right there. I should have been like, no, okay, you're wiser than this, Kevin. He's not really communicating well. But there was sex on the table. And so your brain stopped working. Oh, exactly. Because exactly. Because he was super hot. We've all made those decisions. Yes. I've, I've made many of those decisions in my life. So I'll never forget in the minute he tell, tells me to call him names. And I was immediately kind of upset at him because there's different names. You know, like if someone calls me a faggot, for example, it's like, no, I'm sorry. No, I grew up having feelings about that word. I don't want to hear that. So I'm like, okay, I'll call you names, but we should have kind of talked about that first. Yeah. And then he was like, now choke me. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> like, These are things you really have to discuss because someone might not feel comfortable choking someone. They might have had a bad experience. And like somebody who's into- Can we talk about choking for two seconds also? You should have a workshop on choking before you do it. You should really like learn about it. Yeah, yeah. go to one, learn how to do it, do a couple 
couple, like at a workshop, have someone who knows what they're doing, watch you do it, like do a couple of them, have them done to you so you know what the sensation should feel like. Like this isn't something to fuck with. You're cutting off someone's oxygen supply. Yeah. And I mean, if you can't find a local, you know, education course on how to choke someone, I would personally recommend take a jujitsu class. Yeah, 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 yeah. They teach you how to choke someone out. But I mean, you can tell from those classes will let you know just how dangerous it can be. Yeah. How disorienting. I did a class that was specifically on choking people out and making them faint once at a kink camp. And I had a partner with me and we both did it to each other. And afterwards I was like, Okay, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> like both yeah. of us were oh, like, okay, right? that was that was a little too fucked up. <laughs> you yeah. know what I find is a lot of people make the mistake of pressing on the hyoid yeah. bone, aka the Adam's apple. Yeah. So if you're pushing on that, you're doing it wrong. Sides of well, the you throat. should be doing exactly is you should be gripping the, the sides, sides of kind of the around the hyoid bone. That's closer to where you should be when it comes to choking. Because when you do that, basically, you're just cutting off the blood flow. And what will happen? You're going to cut off oxygen for just five, ten seconds. Someone gets a little lightheaded. And at worst, they faint. For And I mean, please don't cut off someone's oxygen supply until they faint. But at worst, the worst thing that happens, they faint. You go, oh, shit. You let go of their neck because they're breathing the whole time. You let go. Oxygen goes back to their head and they're fine. So please don't press in the front. Please don't do this until you've gone to a class. But don't press in the front. Two Girls One Mike is not liable for any choking and or non-choking and or people feigning from this episode. Exactly. <laughs> don't blame us for your stupidity. Don't choke someone unless you know what you're doing. Oh, my god. We gosh. told you to take a class. In the Realm of the Senses is one of my favorite movies. 1976. It's a Japanese movie, but couldn't be made in Japan because it's so kinky. So it was banned. So the French made it, even though it's all Japanese people. But it's a true story about a man and a woman who, when World War II is breaking out, are just like, you know what? Fuck this. We're not up for this. We don't like this imperialism. Let's just leave society and just have nothing but sex uh, forever and ever. Amen. And they get kinkier and kinkier. And it starts off because he's the man, he's the dom, and because she's the woman, she's the sub. But it totally starts switching, you know, so that she's definitely the dom. And she gets really turned on by choking him because it makes his dick hard. She'll choke him with like a lash, you know, with like a like a, oh, a sash, what you would use yeah. to close your kimono. And uh, finally, it gets so hot and heavy and he gets so submissive that he tells her, you can go all the way. So she chokes him to death and she is so moved that he submitted to that level to her that she cuts off his dick and balls and walks around Tokyo with them in a little napkin. And that's how they found her when they put her in prison. But she became a hero because the people were like, what an unusual love story. This is the future liberals want. (laughs) (laughs) This is the future atheists want. It's the future feminist spot. It's the future some It's not spot. a true love story unless she has dick and balls in a napkin and goes to prison. He loves you, but does he let you choke him to death? Love you? No. Okay. He doesn't really love you. God, Cindy, you're so stupid. Oh my God. <laughs> but the funniest thing about that is I've 
actually shown that movie to guys before, like, oh, my God, you got to see this. It's one of my favorite movies. And it never fails. At the end, they're like, choke me. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how you get someone to do it, huh? (laughs) So speaking of movies, okay, going back to Game of Thrones, we could probably go this whole episode and not give our feelings on it because we're just having fun talking about everything else. Touch on it, guys. Yeah, we can we can do that. Guess how many Game of Thrones porn parodies there are? I'm gonna say at least twenty. Gosh, I, I don't know, maybe fifteen. Uh, Less. There's six, which is still a lot. <laughs> you know, I'm sho- I'm shocked it's not higher. But you know what? The series only ended last year, so people are gonna keep doing this. They're gonna keep There's torturing. still time. I say it's gonna go to at least a dozen eventually. So we've got Storm of Kings, Game of Bones, Game of Bones 2, Winter Came Everywhere, Queen of Thrones, <laughs> this ain't Game of Thrones, Triple X, and Game of Thrones, which had I known you were gay, we could have watched. Oh, oh, shit. You know, we can have a, a guest on a second time. <laughs> right. Every time we'll watch one of these Game of Thrones versions. <laughs> you know, we can talk about everything except the movie. <laughs> Unless it's good. So the reason that I selected Storm of Kings for us to watch out of all the Game of Thrones porn parodies is really two reasons. Number one, it's a Brazzers production, which we rarely ever see Brazzers dip their toes into the porn parody world. Mm. But frankly, the second reason is because it's a Brazzers production, they have money. Uh, So it was expensive to actually produce this and they spent supposedly well over a hundred thousand on this production. So I thought, you know, they had a budget. Let's discuss this. I thought they'd have better sound quality and perhaps better work on the script. I wonder if any of these included dragon sucking or, or dragon fucking, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, like cosplay or whatever, furry, you know, play. Oh my God. So speaking of dragon sex, I got down a whole <laughs> rabbit hole. This is a thing. <laughs> oh, what? people who dress like dragons? What? Yes, there's a growing global market for dragon erotica and sex aids. Oh, and yeah. I'm not only talking about the company Bad Dragon, but on Etsy, there's a number of lizard-like dongs for sale. By the way, for some reason, 60% are made in Brooklyn. Who knows why? You know, people got bored and they had epoxy. <laughs> Amazon Kindle store features 1,500 plus steamy dragon ebooks with titles like Taming the Dragon, Dragon Breeding, and Dragons and Virgins. Why dragons need virgins, I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, they're very finicky. Maybe they're very insecure about their penises. Who knows? <laughs> and don't we all know about, you know, Shrek the donkey and the dragon? Come on. <laughs> I had not seen that porn parody. <laughs> no, I was just talking about Shrek. The norm, but I mean, guys, I need to know: is there a Shrek porn parody where the donkey actually fucks the dragon? Uh, let's hope so. Why not? In one version of Shrek, the donkey instead of turning into a stallion turns into a human, and they have happy gay ogre donkey turned human sex. I think that could happen. I support their love. Have you guys seen the? There is like a dragon penis dildo that has an egg inside it so you can put it in yes, you and then the ovipositor s- yes what is it what do you call it the ovipositor now now what's the th- idea with that people with a pregnancy fetish we had someone on who like the person like they were someone wanted them to like be I, I I don't know how to describe it and I'm gonna fuck it up like part of the whole thing was they wanted her to be impregnated by them as part of the 
they I don't know. It's just right. but yeah, people people dig the like people with pregnancy fetishes, but like without actually wanting, you know, a pregnancy. They like that whole dragon dick dropping an egg in there. Yeah, you know, I'm always so whenever I hear about fetishes that are weirder than mine, I'm always very grateful. Like a friend of mine likes to put like biting bugs on his balls, like, you know, like biting beetles and fire ants and stuff like that. Okay, now I have to ask, how does he acquire said insects? That I don't what know. What is the market? I should really ask him. I, he did tell a story on Risk it's once. It's like a deep web thing. About, I'm sure it is. Need 5,000 fire ants for what reason? Put on my balls. He told a story about trying to put capsaicin cream on his balls once, and that ah! going way, 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 way wrong. What? Why? For oh those of God. you not familiar with the, what capsaicin is, it's what makes hot stuff really fucking spicy. So if you don't like spicy food, just don't. That's capsaicin. Chop some habaneros and fondle yourself. I mean, like if you're. Oh. Have you guys ever heard of. Um, oh, figging. Figging. Figging? No. I've taught a class before at kink camps on a few different occasions called Everything You Can Do to an Ass Other Than Fuck It. Because I love asses, but I don't like fucking them. <laughs> I need this class. <laughs> so one thing- Can you make a lovely bouquet arrangement in one? Is sure. that one of the lessons? Yeah. There's oh, no the, reason well, why you cannot. There's definitely food play. I love food play on asses. Putting stuff in people's butts and eating it back out. Wait, what's the worst and the best food to put in an ass? I like- Pieces of banana and strawberry. I haven't determined what's the worst. I haven't tried savory foods yet. You know, that would be interesting. Throw a steak in there between the cheeks. (laughs) (laughs) Eating between the meat pillows. Oh my God. But wait, what was this? Oh yeah, figging, figging. I feel something crunchy would not come out of there the way it went in. (laughs) Captain Crunch. Just don't potato chips. Yes, you can eat just one. <laughs> Question: Can you put Rice Krispies in someone's ass, and would it snap, crackle, and pop? Exactly. Email us info at twogirlswhatbike.com. Let me know if you do this. We want video. So when people come to my class, they ask me about things. So every time I teach it, I learn something new. And the very first time I taught it, people were like, what about figging? I was like, figging? Figging. So figging is you get a really big thing of ginger, and then you carve it into a butt plug shape. And you put it in someone's ass. That sounds like that could burn. That's the idea. Oh, my God. Like... (laughs) So I really, I wanna, here's another thing about dominance and submission. If you are like a dommy kind of person, you should always try shit like that on yourself first. Yes. (laughs) Don't be like, I have a surprise for you, honey. (laughs) (laughs) This thing I know nothing about. (laughs) You you test that toy out on yourself. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I I literally, in my boredom with the quarantine the other day, I was like, Maybe I should just go out and get some ginger and finally fi- try this figging thing. <laughs> and, and? I didn't. I didn't. I, I've yet I, to do it. You know, start easy. Start with turmeric. <laughs> is that related? Similar, similar shape. Like you get a big old thing of it, like the branching. Just, just start with turmeric, work your way up. 
Oh see what God. happens. See, I've only seen turmeric in a powder, whereas ginger, I see it fairly small. I've never seen a huge piece of ginger. Right. I mean, I've seen a huge piece of turnip. Yeah, maybe you'd have to bond one together with, you know, little ropes. Right? <laughs> Strings. Oh I'm what we're saying is, how big is this ginger butt plug supposed to be? And if you know, let like, us know. Do you want the whole branched off? Like, like I would imagine that a little bit goes a long way. <laughs> I'm okay with that. And can you do the same thing with wasabi? Oh, my oh God. My God. Oh. You, she is, if you are not eventually, like, doing domination work on the side for, for, for your side hustle, like, I will be shocked. Oh, you there, there are men sending emails into our inbox right now saying, uh, Mr. Salas, teach me. Like, there's, yes, this is happening right now. that's fabulous. Well, that's going to be your, your, you know, our paying customers for all the poop and pee. I mean, we do have the we have the starter tier. If you could just become a patron, however, at a hundred dollars plus, fuck it, and I'll we'll figure it out. Send you my used figging material. You know what? I should start a five hundred dollar level on Patreon just to see if anyone will buy our used panties. If you send us five hundred dollars a month on Patreon, we will send you a pair of panties a month each. That's fabulous! Like a little, you know, uh, gift box. <laughs> we'll send you a pair of panties. Not only will we wear them, you know what? We'll negotiate. We'll have a negotiation. Ah, ah, about what you want on those panties. Wow. Well, like, do you want us to wear it for two days, for four? Like, how strong do you want them? Well, now wait. Don't get too generous here. I find that foot fetishes can be especially anal. I had a guy once who was like, okay. I want you to wear extremely thin businessman socks in businessman shoes, but they have to really stink. They have to be. And I'm like, well, wait, what What really nice businessman has really stinky feet? So what I did was, I mean, I'm I've never met some businessmen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Same. I'm not. The businessmen aren't my type. <laughs> so I literally taped these socks under my arms and went out for a jog. Oh, my God. Then I put the socks on, and he was sniffing them and everything, and he was like, okay, there's sweat. I can smell sweat, but this is not foot sweat. Oh, damn. I was That's, like, wow, wow, damn, okay. That is a connoisseur. Yeah. Once upon a time in my younger life, uh, back when I was a, a runner and back when I was kind of involved in the kink scene in Boston, uh, there was this club machine. They had like their once a month like goth slash fetish night. There was this one corner of the club that just had, you know, a bench and like the foot fetish guys just hung out there. Mm. And I was training for marathons at the time and I would do my long run on Saturday. So I would go there after a 16 mile run. Just Are planning on getting foot rubs from the foot fetish guys. Oh, nice. Would you bother cleaning your feet? Oh, yeah. Like, here's the thing. I would kind of make sure which ones are going to be there, which months, and ask, you know, all right, nylon fetish, knee sock fetish, uh, high heel fetish, and figure out what they wanted. And I'm like, look, I have very sore feet right now. I ran 50 miles this week. What do you want so I can get a good foot rub for free? That's amazing. It was interesting. Like, I didn't realize, like, you know, it's most of them were submissive guys, even like, and this surprised me, gay men were into women's legs for giving a foot, not a hard and fast rule, but there were some of them that were gay men that were like, I don't care. It's a foot. Like, Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? I do find that fascinating when people 
cross over beyond like their normal like gender orientation because of a particular like paraphilia. To be yeah. fair, I also have gigantic fucking feet. I mean, oh, there you go. <laughs> so I have I've size eleven honkers, and it's like I think there's something with like you know some people like the really cute little feet. Some people are like I just want them different. Yeah, that's so, fabulous. I don't have a foot fetish, but damn, I will take advantage if someone does. <laughs> so getting back to Game of Thrones and fetishes. So I know some people are into accents, but I, I have a oh confession to make. Yeah. Before we get into the porn, I, I have a strong confession to make, and I'm going to get hate mail because of let's, this. Let's hear it. So I can't understand heavy accents. <laughs> Oh, that's not, that's not a, you're not going to get hate mail for Wait, that. Wait, where are you it. from no, originally? I don't think you understand. Like, I can't watch Game of Thrones unless there's subtitles because of accent. Like, oh I gosh. worked for a French, okay. This is a common phenomenon for people who English is their second language. Really? Wait, is English your second language? Yeah. Oh. Alice's first language is Polish. Aha! Wait, I didn't realize it was a common phenomenon for people. Okay, like I'm, I'm speaking out of my ass. If it's not a quote common phenomenon, but it is a thing that. So my mom's first language is French. Like if you give her an Australian, a British, an Irish, a Scottish, a New Zealand, a South African accent, she cannot pin a single one of them. Not. And she will pin them in the wrong place. And it's like, I can tell you if an accent is Ukrainian or Russian. Like, I'm very good at picking them out. She can't pick out a single fucking one. But my mom is, she speaks English and French. And she once upon a time was pretty fluent in Latin. Like, she's, you know, she's really good with languages, but not accents. And so it's fairly, like, I can't pick out accents in my second language or my third language. But first language is fine. English is your second language. It makes sense. Yeah. So... The president of one of the companies I worked for for two years was French. I worked with him very closely. I think I only understood him about 30% of the time. I forced most of our meetings to be emails because I couldn't understand him. I don't think he realized that. Oh, Oh, wow. That's intense. Oh, my gosh. Jesus. Yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is people always used to make fun of Game of Thrones, the real Game of Thrones, because... There were Americans trying to do British accents. There were like Scottish people and high London accent. Like everyone had different accents on the goddamn. They should have just let everyone have whatever their normal accent is. And whenever they were speaking Dothraki or whatever the other languages were, speak those as they're supposed to be spoken. Like they should have just Chernobyled it, really. Uh, Well, you know, (laughs) I would say that Storm of Kings did a great job, at least at the accuracy there of nailing bad accents. The one who played Daenerys, like, she had six different accents depending on the scene. Like, I was like, what are you, like, at first she seemed like she was doing High Valley Girl. Like, that's kind of the, like, Mm -hmm. eventually it seemed like she was going for, like, vaguely Eastern European and, like, (laughs) and it went back to High Valley Girl again. Like, and I couldn't, I could not tell what names they gave each of the characters because, like, at one point I thought they (laughs) called, they all uh, pronounced them so strangely. Like, was it Joffrey, Jeffrey, or Jasper for the kids? Like, I'm very, I did not, I I tried to catch what names, the only one who I know was John Doe instead of John Snow. That's right, the only right, one, because right. they were like, let's use that, that, they're like, yeah, this, you know, nothing John Doe line, they knew that was gold. Well, now, let me ask, since you guys see a lot of straight porn, is it generally across the board a thing where the women have to be a certain degree of hot and the men, maybe not so much? Correct, because in porn, honestly, 
the dick is the most important part. If it doesn't work, people can't work on set. Pick up a random straight pour and there's going to be at le- a few minutes where you don't even see the guy from the shoulders on up. You just see <laughs> like you're just going to see the hips, the thrusting. It's just going to be like the girl on the bed, the guy's hips are going. And I realize sometimes when I'm watching that, I'm like, I don't even notice. <laughs> for like it'll be a minute before I'm like oh oops sorry oh, you're guy you're here too <laughs> but man it's like that's part of it I always get a little stressed out watching professional porn even professional gay porn at the whole like idea of oh my gosh these poor guys they have to keep it up all for such long I mean I know they all take like Viagra and stuff like that they actually don't all take Viagra Fewer than you would think. That's interesting. We've been shocked to find that out. It might just be because as a 50-year-old gay man, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like you you become more and more performance anxiety over the years, but you also become more and more like, oh, fuck. Like the importance that people put on maintaining an erection or even ejaculating or having an orgasm, like all of those things. I think that professionally made porn especially reinforces us just having this idea that that's what it's all about. We also have to keep in mind, like, and this is something that people don't keep in mind when they're watching porn. They think that is how I should fuck. Porn actors don't even fuck like that when they're at home. No, they're just, they they need a good angle. You record uh, for four hours for 30 minutes of time. Yeah. It's like an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashian. We're going to edit this down and post. (laughs) But (laughs) but like, it's, it's, these are like watching the professional athletes of fucking, you know? Like, (laughs) this is not how anyone's expected to fuck and we should not be. And we should not put that pressure on ourselves. <laughs> now, that said, to set the scene for our listeners who have never watched Storm of Kings, aka one of the many Game of Porn, uh, Game of Thrones Game, porn Game parodies. Of por- Game of Porn is pretty accurate to what happens in that. <laughs> By the way, I looked up to see how many nude scenes were in Game of Thrones. Can you guys guess? Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Jeez. How many episodes were there? So There was something seasons. like 75 or 80 episodes. Eight yeah. seasons, about 13 episodes. Of P- um, let's see. I'm going to say 80. I'm just going to p- stick a pin on uh, somewhere between 50 and 80 nude scenes. Yeah, I would say the same. I would say maybe closer to 50. So slightly wrong. There's 82 nude scenes. I was so close. Right. Uh, women were naked 61 times while men were naked just uh, 21 times. Did we yeah. see a penis and even once? I don't know. I've never watched a full thing. I'm almost sure not a single penis. I can't Wait, remember I could, seeing I wrong, a penis. Though. No. Now, that said, although Game of Thrones has a fair amount of nudity, it's actually not the show with the most nudity. There are actually uh, six other shows that surpass it. Can you guys guess any of the shows? Oh, shit. Um, I would assume a lot of them are also HBO shows. It's yeah, that that makes sense. Um, hmm, I I really don't know. Now, when you say shows, you mean like fictional shows? You know, like with, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, hmm, that's a good. I was gonna say The Sopranos, but I have no idea. I've never watched it. I'm like, uh, yeah, I, me neither. I, I was just guessing because I'm like long running. Real? No, definitely not. Not uh. also not people I would expect to see nude a lot. Yeah. No, not Italians. Jesus, they're Catholic. Um, <laughs> They'll kill people, but they're not going to bang. Oh, wait. Well, the one about the vampires, True Blood. Oh, yes. That so sense. that is number two of all time of 137 nude scenes out of 80 episodes. Okay. Jesus. But there is one that tops it, and that's Shameless, which has 238. 
eight nude scenes out of 110 episodes. Whoa. Jesus. Wait, is that That just HBO? tells me I should be watching Shameless because isn't Emmy Rossum in there? Either way, she's very adorable. And I, yeah, I'm going to check out that show. <laughs> now that you know how much nudity is in it. <laughs> Look, I know what I'm about. Diet Coke and nudity. <laughs> You're a simple gal. Know what you like in this life and be a heat fucking seeking missile for that. Okay. Life is short. Find your bliss. There you go. Now in Game of Thrones porn, I know you guys are thinking, did we just watch a compilation of people from Game of Thrones having sex? No, we did not. (laughs) Uh, We actually did watch a porn parody. But also when I was looking for that, I realized that there are Game of Thrones compilations and actually HBO also filed some copyright lawsuits against Pornhub because what? scenes from the show keep ending up on the website. Guys, let's be honest. HBO isn't losing money on this. Right. Yeah. I don't think they are at least, but you know, it's very silly. But each and every episode of Storm of Kings is about 35 to 40 minutes long, uh, and 8 to 10 of those minutes are about dedicated to actual plot. In the movie that we watch on Storm of Kings, it's basically four episodes that are broken down like that. Right. And uh, they were all directed by Dick Bush, his real name. Really? That's his, that's his hey, Christian hey, hey. name? How ma- <laughs> There are Richard Bushes out there. You know, like, oh, sure. The, I'm sure that somewhere in, the, as in like the Bush, the family that's, you know, fucking run the country forever, there's probably a, a Richard brother or nephew or someone out there. So, oh, you know, yeah. this, guy, this yeah. guy just decided to go with Dick because look at the industries and sure, I they- very hard, There's though. a famous jazz musician named Dick Hyman. Oh, my. Those two <laughs> names are bumping into each other, aren't they? Uh-huh. <laughs> Look, guys, this is the same Dick Bush. He's also worked on, and you might know these other titles and the real titles. She's Gonna Squirt Six, A Murder Most Horny, <laughs> big, big Tits at Work 17, Escapades 3, Missionary Impossible. Wow, Escapades. That sounds like fun. I feel the fact that we have not seen a single of the ask. We have not reviewed the escapades on the show. And that is a personal failing of mine, Alice. There might be some figging in there for crying out loud. Matt Damon still makes a cameo, shockingly. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, he's overdoing the Boston accent. As usual. They didn't even have to pay him to show up for the porn. Uh. By the way, that was one of the weirdest things about the actual Game of Thrones when Ed Sheeran made a quick little cameo. Yeah, as just like a random soldier sitting around a fire. Maybe he just knew a producer and was like, look, I really want to be in Game of Thrones. And like, like people weren't going to notice. I, I, He's like a little too famous and they gave him a little too much of a scene for it to not be like, look, it's Ed Sheeran in Game of Thrones. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. like Stephen Colbert was in uh, one of the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, no. The, was it, uh, Are the you Hobbit. kidding? He was in one of the Hobbit movies. He had um, a very short, like literally had one line and he has a helmet on. And if you blink, you miss him. But, you know, it's like he's there. It's adorable. And, you know, he got that because he's Stephen Colbert and he's a huge nerd. It's read those books a zillion times over. But like, that's how you work a famous person into a scene like that, Uh into a movie like that. So that people, you know, blink and you miss him. Ed Sheeran, it was done in such a way that you go, Ed Sheeran's a Game of Thrones. (laughs) Right, right, right. right. Fun fact, he showed up on set wearing his own clothes that was also on Game of Thrones. Same clothes. (laughs) Right, right, right. And he sucks dragon dick. You know, this is why they gave him the part is because Ed Sheeran sucks dragon. That's how he got his voice. That is... 
That's Adele's secret. She owns a dragon. <laughs> oh, so speaking of people who are in Game of Thrones, there were actually porn stars in Game of Thrones. Oh, cool. Yeah, some of the prostitutes and stuff. Yeah. What? Some of the people who played small roles who were new to extras, uh, but there was, for example, like uh, Tyrone Lannister's love interest, Shay, was played by Sybil, uh, and I'm going to butcher her last name, Sybil Kikini? Kikili? Uh-huh. Uh, and she is a porn star. Uh-huh. Huh. That's fabulous. Oh, and nice. she was a really sweet character. Yeah. 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 So you had her, you had Samantha Bentlina, Jessica Jensen, Macy D. You've had a there were a couple adult actresses who were like, yeah, I could take my top off. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm trying to remember if that's the one that Tyrion ended up uh, strangling. And it just makes me sad because, as usual, it reinforces that, you know, people are going to kill a hooker in, 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 a, in a show. Eventually. You let a show go on long enough, someone's going to kill a hooker. And it makes me really oh. sad that that's just a joke that they go back to. Yeah, well, actually, they do that in this parody, too. In Storm of Kings, it starts with just one, uh, the Joffrey character just randomly killing a girl. Yeah, that's he's a uh, Joffrey as Let's usual. Let's talk is bad. about that. Yeah, like yeah. They, Joffrey in this as bad or not as the one in the in the show. I'm gonna go with not as bad, but that's probably because we didn't give him enough time. Well, I think the one in the show randomly killed women too. You know True. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in the first episode, and we'll break it down, I guess, by episode uh, for this porn parody because there's four episodes. You have King Joffrey, and uh, well not refer to them by the porn names because that will just <laughs> Who get confusing. Who knows what those are? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think they called them Jasper at some point. I don't know. <laughs> but you have King Joffrey practicing his archery at King's Clift. He's surrounded by some companions wearing only leashes and capes, you know, per use. And his mother informs him that he needs to attend an important wedding. And later on, uh, he meets John Doe, Sansa. Um, Who they call Susan, which is yeah, very and, silly. And later on, basically, he shows Susan, a.k.a. Sansa, like how he likes to be pleased. And he bones a couple of women in front of her. Oh, right. It's a very awkward sex scene because it's like it's like them just having a threesome in front of her and like I have to say one thing the girl who they got to play Sansa looks like an exact cross between the, the two Stark sisters yeah 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 yeah. that was kind of weird to me I'm like what hmm? well done but weird yeah and she was just an actress in this right she didn't do any porn yeah did she? she did a great job of you know dying as you expect a beloved Stark sibling to do in, in unexpectedly she did some great dying work. I was most impressed because there was a guy who they had Jon Snow uh, have a fight with one of uh, King Joffrey's henchmen. He have a sword fight. Oh, right. He was their version of the mountain, right, basically. Right, right, Yeah. So the guy was wearing what looked like a leather kilt, I guess. He was wearing armor on top, leather kilt on bottom, and had some legs showing. So all I'm saying is this is how men should be sexually exploited. Yeah, yeah. It was like don't. a mini skirt of a kilt, really. Oh, yeah. Right? I would see more of I'm okay with that. Yeah, like, guys, like, when, when guys are like, I, I'm just saying, men, please, when we reopen society, I want to see you guys dressed really fucking slutty all of you all of you i want it like i haven't seen flesh for a long time i want to see you in kilts i want to see you showing off all the cookies that you ate during during lockdown show me show me every last bit of flesh you can in a all tiny little kilt should be cropped oh yes 
Show it all. Show it all. I want I want flesh on you, baby. I love in that scene how when the mountain or whoever the hell it is gets his uh, head cut off, like no one react. Like, like the acting is so it's funny. Like, uh, no one is ever act reacting as a person would. They were just like, oh, okay. Nah. Just, you know, guy's dead. It's, it's Game of Thrones. It's just, it's going to happen. It's, it's day ending and why we killed someone. I am almost sure that the guy that they had playing the mountain is the same actor that they had playing, whatchamacallit, the Dothraki, uh, what's oh, the Jason. Oh, Call Drago. Because, you know, it's like you could get two very strong men or you could get one strong man and put a helmet on him in one scene. And I yeah. think they did the latter. Yeah, yeah. His accent was really fun, too. Like, what on earth was going on there? I have no idea how many countries they took that accent from. (laughs) So that's bleeding into episode two. So we wrap up episode one, which they actually do a red wedding scene. Right, right. Right, totally right. random people die. Just Yeah, it's very powerful to have a mass killing of people you don't know. Yeah, just like, no, it's not the Starks who I think, what do they call the Starks in this instead? The Grimms or something? Yeah, this, this, we're going to call them the Starks, fuck it. There's no purpose to it, it's just, I am the king, so I am killing people. See, it's Game of Thrones. <laughs> right. I'm annoyed, because I'm like, you could have done so much better. You had money, you could have, aw. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I want to say, though, they did do a pretty good job with the budget they had. So, like, for example, in episode two, you have Jon Snow who meets Elisa, a.k.a. the Ygritte character, who is hunting the dead walkers, a.k.a. white walkers. And you see more beheading, so you can tell that they spent money on special effects. They spent money on the scenery (laughs) and the CGI. And, I mean, I think they had fun with the casting. I mean, like, for example, in the second episode where it was Daenerys and is his name pronounced Drogo? I don't fucking know. Drogon, uh, I think. Drogon? I could be. Oh, no, Drogo. It's who the fuck knows anymore. Look, they hired a guy who had enough tattoos and they were like, fuck it, he's great to play Drogon. We can throw some makeup on him and a ponytail, he'll do. Yeah. All you need is enough eyeshadow, make him have, put on some smoky eye and he's good. Hey, women will pretend this is Jason Momoa and jerk off to it, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. Jason Momoa, you ever go into porn? You have my money. <laughs> he has all my, I will sell my possessions to pay for that porn. Oh my God. If I'm just saying that is, if he and Lisa Benet ever release a sex tape, that is a sex tape that people will pay to watch. Oh yeah. They could make a lot of money off of their bowel movements. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But it's Watch it to end up being that they're just like, you know, boring missionary 930 Saturday night. They're like, look, we've done all the banging we need to do now. We just, this is just perfunctory now. We're sorry. We're real, we're cute, but we're boring. I thought that the gal who played um, Ygritte or whatever her name was in the porn or in the parody uh, was actually really good. She was pretty right? solid. Yeah. 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 She was enthusiastic, and I think that is a thing that is necessary for a porn like this. <laughs> yeah. She was taking Jon Snow's, or whoever, uh, his virginity. I had forgotten that that was a big thing in the original. Yeah. yeah that yeah, pinged yeah. my memory on that one, too. It, it was well executed in this. And that's the thing about this porn, because it skips around a lot, but I felt like they took elements of Game of Thrones and threw it into this. So, like, in episode three, uh, so, oh, going back to episode two, so they had uh, Daenerys have sex with the Drogo character, but episode three was focused predominantly on Jon Snow boning (laughs) 
that woman who took him captive. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> I'm guessing there's some holes in this plot. <laughs> Probably, but look, I didn't watch all of Game of Thrones. I watched a YouTube summary, sir, of the first two seasons, and that's all well, I got. There were plenty of holes in, in Game of Thrones itself. I, I was about to say, to be fair, this is about as bad as season eight. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. started watching when season eight came out, so there was no lag time to see the final. Yeah, season eight was bad enough that this is this isn't a disappointment. This is on par with the writing for season eight. It's rushed out of order and doesn't make sense with the with the character development we had to this point. See? Right there, you go. That's right. It's dead on. <laughs> yeah. I say I say it is what the series deserved. Uh-huh. Now, that said, in the third episode, Sansa is murdered, which is very different than what happens in Game of Thrones. So you have the re- the woman who the king is supposed to marry or be his queen. She's murdered because in this case, in the porn, she can't uh, even take it in the rear, according to him. <laughs> yeah, right. it kills her because she can't do butt stuff. That's um, very Henry VIII vibe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, whew, that was intense. Yeah, it seemed a little egregious. It seemed like Dick Bush might have been getting something, you know, out of his system with that. Ooh, yeah, I hadn't even thought of that, but Jesus. Like, that's, I mean, that also does, given that Joffrey was kind of a, he was kind of the biggest monster until, uh, what's his face, the guy who did end up marrying Sansa um, oh, arrived. Oh, right, right, God, right. that guy was, like, it's, you want there to be, like, some deeper explanation of what kind, how that monster was fucking created, but, like, he was just a horrible fucking sociopath. But, like, yeah, Joffrey was awful, and him killing a wife because she can't do all the things he wants in bed, that tracks. Yeah. And the fourth episode essentially revolved around Danny comes in with a dragon, commands the throne, <laughs> basically uh, bones Jon Snow, and uh, you get some CGI dragons and uh, uh, the murder of King Joffrey, which uh, a lot of people are. Oh, my God. That was the best. The scene, like the editing of the scene where the dragon just kind of like hovers into it, it looked a little bit like a puppet like from back in Godzilla days you know like of in the 60s just kind of hovering in and then uh, just a fountain of fire and then Joffrey was gone and it was funny because he was just walking around saying something like a good day to be a king <laughs> like he had just forgotten that his kingdom had just more or less been taken from him. And I think it's like, what was it? Dracarys is a thing that uh, Daenerys would say when she wanted her dragons to, you know, inflame. Yes. I think she said Infernus in this. I'm like, I'm like, well done. You did something original. So it's like, you know, overall, I give this kind of a, you know. B minus C plus. Yeah. I mean, I felt like they tapped into a little bit of the fan fiction of what they wanted Game of Thrones to be, where they always wanted, I feel like a lot of fans wanted Daenerys to take the army to Westeros, but it never happened. And Brazzers kind of made it happen. Mm. I mean, I can see that. (laughs) We're like, we're like, maybe. (laughs) Look, all I'm saying is if. You can't be satisfied with season eight of Game of Thrones. Maybe give Brazzers a try. <laughs> we could do worse. Season yeah. eight was pretty bad. But there is no dragon fucking. Yeah. Hey, there could be a sequel. There could be a Storm of Kings 2. There you go. There isn't. Not, <laughs> not yet. It's, it's my apocalypse and I'll dream Dick it how I Bush. want. Dick Bush. What are you working on? <laughs> Someone get Dick Bush on the horn. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dick Bush, it's all going to be CGI. All of it. We have faith in you, Dick Bush. Except for the dragon. No, especially the dragon. We really want that dragon. Guys, how we're going to film the dragon fucking is it's all going to be green screen. We're going to get someone in a Tyrannosaurus Rex costume and some angel wings. We're going to dress a side table up as a fucking dragon and we're going to fuck it. <laughs> and incest. It should be uh, the dragon sister dragon. Yes. <laughs> I'm picturing the ultra low budget version of that is they're just going to borrow the Triceratops from Woodrocket and just and strap a dick to the top of it and just have someone ride that. That's going to be the ultra, ultra lo-fi version. For those of you who are not familiar with the Triceratops <laughs> of Woodrocket, by the way, if you are not a patron. Uh, so patrons got to see a vet on a fucking dinosaur earlier on this year because they happen to build their own dinosaur that walks and roars. It's so cute. Oh. It's very adorable. This is what you have when you have a porn production company. You have a, your own dinosaur. Yeah. You know, back in the before times when we could see people... And there were humans. A lot. It was about like a week and a half before the first uh, American death from COVID. We were out and about in the world at the AVNs. Making dragons with dicks. Oh, uh, yeah. And like there was, we were, we were at Wood Rocket Studios, man. That was a good time. Look, all I'm saying is from watching this, you could tell that they spent 100000 However. <laughs> they could have budgeted that differently and the results could have spoken for themselves. Wow, wait, did you find do you know that that they spent a hundred thousand? Well, they definitely alluded to it in a number of interviews. They even had an interview with Vanity Fair where they mentioned it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Why is Vanity Fair talking to Brazzers? <laughs> They're bored. It was an off day. They had there was no other stories. The question isn't why are they talking to them? The question is why aren't they talking to them more often? Uh, <laughs> right. This is yes. this is the real story that the people need to hear about a hundred thousand dollar really poorly executed Game of Thrones parody. Oh, hey, do they fake the cum sometimes? It seemed like John Doe just had too much cum in him. They can. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Okay, guys, I'll be honest. I don't remember the cum shots in this one. It's not like I have a photographic memory. But Kevin... To your point, sometimes cum shots are, especially cream pie shots, they are faked. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is get some uh, Cetaphil, the moisturizer, oh. and I know it sounds crazy. Really? Yeah. Just that? Cetaphil makes a moisturizer and a face wash that they're about the same consistency and appearance as cum, and of course, completely hypoallergenic for your skin. Oh. So, guys, whenever you see those lovely ladies drenched in what you think is splooge on those advertisements, it's not. It's Cetaphil. They have very clean faces. They're not dirty. Wow. Maybe it's splooge. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's not splooge. <laughs> oh, you know, I tried pitching that to, I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> But they wouldn't. I don't know why. Our new product. They couldn't find a low sodium version. That's why. <laughs> it's like, guys, if you melt the butter and if you melt the Cetaphil, they look exactly the same in the pan. Now I really want to get some Cetaphil. <laughs> oh, my God. Have you heard of the um, Hump Fest? 
No. Yes. Every year, Dan Savage, uh, who does uh, Savage Love Cast, oh, uh, they do this porno thing. thing. Yeah. The, they do the porn festival. I feel like you could make the most hilarious uh, porno, like because they don't. Not all of them are people banging. There are some that are just their surrounding sex. There is like it's. I feel like you could make a hysterical. Mm, porn movie whether oh absolutely event the way you just mentioned it it sounds like surrounding sex as in i just like i end up in the wilderness oh there's sex all around me that does happen sometimes you know you, you come across a cluster in the woods of of just wild sex happening it's yeah. beautiful when you find it out in, the, in nature it's the most natural we are the virus nature is healing <laughs> 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 Kevin, has any have any of your guests stormed out to, into nature and they've come across sex? Well, I told a story on Risk once about entering a little, you know, one of those adult bookstores once on Christopher Street, and there was a fire going on in the neighborhood across the street, so no one was minding the shop. So, you know, down below are where all the buddy booths are, where you're supposed to go in, put a quarter in the machine, and watch, you know, porno videos and jerk off on your own. But with no one minding the store, I walk downstairs to the hallway of Buddy Booths, and it's just a pile, just a pile of men having sex <laughs> because they were there to jerk off. No one was oh making God. sure they were just in the booths, so I just joined the pile. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, this reminds me of the time I was in Amsterdam last year. So after I snorted some chocolate, I went to uh, wander around – Look, it's not my thing. It just happened. I won't snort Coke, but I'll snort chocolate, apparently. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Some people say it's an aphrodisiac. I just say it's going up my nostrils. Uh, and it has a slightly cokey effect, right? Two Girls, One Night is not responsible for any health effects of you snorting chocolate. Yeah, really? <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that they cut up like a Kit Kat bar in front of me, but it was just powder. But my point is this, that uh, at one point, I somehow found myself into what was essentially like a theater. You put like a coin or two in, and there was essentially like a rotating room. Well, it was a rotating bed. Mm -hmm. And around that bed was a bunch of small rooms, like let's say nine to 12 small rooms could fit one to two individuals very tightly in that space. Essentially, it's for one individual to go and you put a coin in and you jerk off at the person in the middle. But here's the kicker. If you look across past a woman in the middle who's doing the sexy dance, yeah. you see the faces of, the of each and every other person off. that's looking in. <laughs> oh, God. I wonder how many people are watching like the other faces to like watch other people jerk off more than they are watching like the person dancing. Because I'd definitely be watching other people jerking off. Yeah. Back in the 90s, some of those buddy booths would have a little, like, electronic curtain that would raise so you could see the guy in the booth jerking off next to you and jerk off, you know, like, in tandem with him. Oh, my God. And what? I'll never forget one day I had a fresh bottle of poppers. You guys know what those are? Amyl nitrates. Explain for our I, audience. Yes. You get them in these little bottles that are usually labeled something like video head cleaner or something other than what it is. It's the only industrial cleaner you should consume, children. Right. You sniff it and it gives you a rush that increases your horniness. And some people also believe that it relaxes your muscles like your sphincter muscles for having butt sex. But the real reason people get 
into poppers is because it gives you a very horny rush. So anyway, I had a fresh pile of poppers. I put all the coins in the machine and the thing starts raising. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he has such a hot looking crotch. Oh my gosh, he has such a hot looking midsection. Oh my gosh, his torso is so hot. And then it it opened all the way up and it was this gorgeous Latino guy mm. and I got so excited I was waiting for you to like have a horrible end to that because you're like building this up and I'm like is it going to be the ugliest guy he's ever seen what's happening here is it going to be Steve Buscemi are you getting rickrolled <laughs> oh. I know someone who's in love with Steve Buscemi I no, love no, Steve I Buscemi I open up the poppers and sometimes if they've been under heat or whatever oh, they, they explode so I open <gasps> it up it explodes up into my nose, up into all my sinuses, oh, no. and my body is convulsing like a oh. like a fish. That's, <laughs> and I just immediately press the button, and the curtain starts going down again. And I'm like, "What a show I just gave to that gorgeous man!" The things oh we God. do for our dicks. <laughs> I, I like to say I make a lot of my decisions based on the calculus between two questions. Will this get me arrested? Is this likely to make a good story? And somewhere in the calculus between those two is where I decide, yes, I will do this or no, I will not. And I feel poppers and convulsing in front of a, a gorgeous man, you know, made a good story. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of what risk is about my podcast is people like sharing Bad ideas that they went through with. <laughs> By the way, speaking of bad ideas, we have a Patreon exclusive only episode with Kevin uh, where we get to talk about STD, circumcision, uh, coronavirus, Evan Stone, and Elon Musk. So if you want to check that out, head on over to patreon.com slash two girls on mic and you can get 20 minutes of that ridiculous episode. I'm so sorry. Actually, I'm not really sorry because we talk a little too much about circumcision and who should get it. But that said, we have some patrons to thank this week. And this week we want to thank... Bonnie, Christopher Wedge, Christian Blankhorn, Mike Sorbetsko, Brian Gowdy, Bob Cole, Eric H., Lisa Holish, Ike, Brian Butcher, Carl Stephen Jones, Couch Potato, Hazel, Logan Waterman, Mr. Danks, Shane Wright, Robert Hetherington, Dave, and many, many others. And by the way, again, you want to become a patron, head on over to girlsandmike.com uh, or patreon.com slash twogirlsandmike. But Kevin, uh, you have the show risk. It's a storytelling podcast. So where can our listeners find you and find the show? And is it mostly crazy stories like this about cannibalism and sex? Or what, what can they expect? Some of the stories are absolutely hilarious. Some are really scary. Like we do a lot of like Halloween episode kind of stuff. And then some are really beautiful. But the whole idea is that people are opening up in a way that they would normally talk to their therapist or their best friends. So like, for example, Dan Savage is a huge fan of Risk and has been oh. on the show a few times. Yeah. They should definitely check out this week's episode with the cannibalism. And in Carrie Kenny Silver of Reno 911 is on it. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. The episode's called Radical. And we're going to re-release my episode called Kevin Goes to Kink Camp this week, too, which is from way back in 2011, the first time I ever went to one of these kink camps and came back to tell the story on the show. But it's all at risk-show.com or our socials are at risk show. Awesome. And we'll link to it in the show notes. And uh, Kevin, where can our listeners find you if they want to follow you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Kevin Allison. 
Wonderful. Uh, Yvette, where can our listeners find you, honey? You guys can find me as usual at the Cybabe on Twitter and Instagram and over at Facebook at facebook.com slash Cybabe, where I'm as usual, sciencey, snarky, and trying to give you factual information on COVID-19. Alice, where can our listeners find you and our podcast? When I am not selling apparently my period panties <laughs> or binders. It's going to happen, On the people. Patreon. It's going to happen. It, it, $500 it a month. Our panties can be yours. Honestly, I'm going to release a $500 level right after this episode's released. Oh, yeah. Um. We're not We're not kidding. If you, if you perverts send us that much money, we'll send you our fucking underwear. Oh, my, oh God. my God. I'm terrified as to if nobody or many people <laughs> do this. Like, I don't know which scares me more. But, I mean, whew, man, 10 people do that, and our podcast is suddenly way in the black. I'm I cool know. with that. I really feel like I should try it myself. Come on, 10 perverts, <laughs> do it. Look, we've had enough of you email us about saying that you want to be our daddies and pay us. Look, I keep linking to you to our patrons. Maybe we'll finally make it worth your while. Yeah, there you go. There's a Patreon level for you. It costs money, though, like anything else in life, right? Like, Nothing look, comes free. wearing that underwear takes work. That's right. Even bowel movements cost apparently $4,000. <laughs> <laughs> $500 Patreon level, it's coming. Oh, so speaking of underwear, that said, and I know I'm a little, revealing a little too much as usual, but since the pandemic's happened, I've been wearing less uh, underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh we've, we've all been like letting it go a little bit with the fashion. <laughs> like, look, for example, I am wearing a sports bra for this episode. I never wear bras anymore. That this is a new high, I guess. Uh, but underwear, I'm like, yeah, commando. This is a this is an option. Are you getting used to this? Are you are you enjoying the the free labiaing? <laughs> free labiaing. Because 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 there's you know there's free balling. I'm just saying. What do we call free labbing? Are we gonna call? Let's call it free clitting. Oh. Free I, I guess if you like your labia hangs enough, then it's like you might as well be free labia. Yeah. Free vagging. I Let don't know. It it's like because I'm just I'm just saying what it's you're just you're out there with with no support. Just your baby, it's not a third leg, it's just my labia. Oh. <laughs> Is that an engorged clitter you just have <laughs> Is that Majora or Minora? <laughs> oh my. <laughs> guys you could find uh the show at uh we have an instagram we have a facebook and we have a twitter slash tgom podcast but of course refer all of your friends to two girls on mic.com or two girls on mic the porncast on whatever they listen to whether it's spotify pandora uh itunes etc we want your comments we want your reviews we want more people to listen and you to tell more people about the show you guys can find me alice at rational blonde on the twitters I think this is a great note to end on. <laughs> See you guys next week with our panties that are ready for you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.